so glad to be standing here. That's mean that it's almost over. <laughs> what a week I've had. It's been a fight to get here. The Lord gave me the message on Monday and I became sick on Tuesday. And each day the symptoms got worse and worse. So I said, thank you, devil, for letting me know I'm in the right lane. Because there's so many times I start to pick up the phone and say, somebody else got to bring the message because I don't feel well. Didn't have a voice. Woke up with a swollen lip. All kind of things just started happening to me. So that was a sign to me that, hey, you finna wreck up something that the enemy don't want wrecked. And not me, but God. Because I ain't called to save anybody. But God saved us all, and those that are not saved, He can save. So here's my disclaimer before I get started. Um, I've never been one that loved to talk to my neighbor. I never enjoyed that. Let me put this out there. I ain't never liked talking to my neighbor because sometimes your neighbor don't respond back. And sometimes your neighbor expression make you wonder why did you look that way? Never liked talking to my neighbor. So when I was in church and they say talk to your neighbor, when I would go to different churches and I would sit by someone, I say, before service starts, I say, let me just tell you something. I don't talk to my neighbor. Nothing against you. I just don't talk to my neighbor. So don't take it personally. When they say, look at your neighbor, I'm not going to look at you. Just know that I am not going to look at you. Be encouraged before this message starts. I am not going to look at you. And then when they say, grab your neighbor's hand and pray for him, I'm like, oh, God, no. Because my neighbor don't pray sometimes. So I'm like, let me get this started. So here it is. I'm not going to ask you to look. Today's message would never ask you to look at your neighbor. Today's message won't ask you to pray for your neighbor. I don't know anybody's business. But God knows who you are. And God knows where you are. So I ain't talking about nobody. But God is talking to you. So, we're going to get started, and I won't be up here long. Um, I look at today, we're in this high-tech world. Everybody's talking. Cell phones are top-notch. Very few people even have home phones now. You got cell phones. So everywhere you go, somebody can get in touch with you. High tech, high touch, you can talk to anybody anywhere in the country at any time. And everybody got something to talk about. Even the littlest of children texting 
everybody got something to say. Everybody has somebody they want to talk to. Sad thing is, most times nobody's talking to the person they live in the house with. They're talking outside of their homes. But what's funny, even in this high-tech world, there's the cell war. If you have an Android, most iPhone people think, ugh, you need to upgrade to an iPhone. I, <laughs> I went to hear Pastor John Hanna preach one time, and afterwards I was taking a picture with him, and I said, can I take a picture? He said, yeah. And I had an Android at that time. I said, uh, I said, here's my phone, and he looked at it, he said, Lord have mercy, you're going to get saved one day. You're going to get saved one day. He said, Android, you, you're just like my wife. She have an Android. I want her to have an iPhone. To me, a phone is a phone. But to some people, they live by the iPhone, no matter what. And so... We text, we email, we DM people, and then we FaceTime when that's just not enough. And I sit in the restaurant and look at families and how they communicate. Sitting down as a family and everybody is on their phone. Everybody, mom, dad, children. They don't look up until their food come. Everybody. And in church, we're famous for texting in church. Yeah, I'm guilty of it too. Even though sometimes here in City Church, you don't get a good reception, so sometimes your texts don't go out. Who, who all know about that? Okay, raise your hand, stop it. I know you've been texting. It's okay. <laughs> but there is one person that cannot be reached by your cell phone. There is one cannot be reached. You cannot communicate with him through your cell phone. And his name is Jesus. You can't reach Jesus by email, by text, direct message, Facebook, no. The only way you can reach him, you have to talk to him and you have to be honest with him and you have to kneel before him. The master of communication is Jesus. And that's the one we're going to talk about today. Jesus can talk to anybody, children, teenagers, grown folks, even those that are mentally disturbed. Jesus can still reach them where we have a problem in communicating with them. Jesus can reach them. I work with someone that has dementia. And there's something about people that I realize how can communicate is that no matter how sick they are, if they're truly saved, when you begin to talk about Jesus, they come back to their right mind. 
They may not ever recognize you. But you mentioned Jesus. The one who died, gave his life over 2,000 years ago. They come back to themselves. So Jesus knew how to reach people. But then there was the Pharisees and the Sadducees that always felt like Jesus had the gift of gab. He talked to people he shouldn't be talking to. Why is he over there talking to them? He shouldn't be talking to them. Sitting with the sinners. He said, what are you over there for? And some of us today feel the same way. I saw her go in that bar. Or I saw her sitting at the bar. Did you know if she was on assignment? Sitting at the bar? Because you know your work is outside of these walls. And it puts you in an uncomfortable place, in a sense, of the eyes of those that are saved. Because they're condemning, but they don't know your assignment. So then the jabber starts, communication. Child, I walk, well, what you doing walking in there? In order to see, you had to be there. So what, what is your excuse? Mm-hmm. Pharisee. Jesus knew who he came to talk to. He came to talk to the lost, the sick, the forgotten, the broken, and most of all, the sinners. That's who he came for. Came to talk. As you know, when the disciples was with Jesus, he taught. That's communication. He sat there and he taught them the things of God. So, we must learn that communication is important, but the art of communicating and how we communicate is that much more important. So, Let's go to the scripture. Turn with me, if you will, to St. Matthew's 19. Those of you, everybody have a Bible? Amen? Oh, I sound, it seems like I'm in a room by myself. <laughs> I know I'm not. Turn in your Bibles or on your phone to St. Matthew's, the 19th chapter, beginning, uh, we're going to read a little bit, beginning at the 16th verse. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, which? Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder, 
Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? And Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. For he had great possession. So, as we see in this parable, this young man must have heard the talk throughout the city from time to time about the man named Jesus. So I'm figuring that when he got a chance, he went and said, when I see him, I'm going to ask him, what is, you know, what, what can I do? What I like about that is, in the scripture we've seen, I've read, where it's good to provoke one another to godly jealousy. So evidently there was someone living the life that he wanted to live. And he heard it came through this man named Jesus. So when he saw him, he went and said, good master. What good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? He began to ask questions. Just as we did when we decided that we really wanted to follow Christ. We began to ask questions. What must I do to be saved? So Jesus said, hold up. Don't call me good. Mm -mm. I'm not good. There ain't but one good, and that's God. He wouldn't even take the credit. He said, no, I'm not. It's nothing but one good, and that's my father. He said, but if you want to enter in, you have to keep the commandments. And I remember coming up as a child when I saw the Ten Commandments, I was like, I don't remember all of this to do. Thou should not steal. Thou should how, how are we going to remember all of that? But God told, Jesus told him, keep the commandments. And he said, um, which commandments are you talking about? And Jesus told him, no murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, bear false witness on your father and mother, and love thy neighbor as thyself. He like, piece of cake. I got that. Been doing that from a youth up. I, hey, that's, that, that's easy. I, what else you got? What, what, what else? And he said unto him, if thou will be perfect, not meaning perfect as we know, but mature, he said to him, 
go and sell what you have, give to the poor, and they can come and follow me. Roadblock. Because this is what he did. Party over. I had everything. I was ready to follow, could follow, but you asked me to give up what I love the most. So my subject is, is this you? Could this be you? Or was this you? This young man was really running good. Really running good. He's like, oh, I done all that. I done all of that. I got that. And then up, roadblock. Such as some of us today. You did run well, but what hindered you? Mm-hmm. Started off burning, had a zeal, running well. He was running until God said, give up that. Go sell it and come follow me. A hard thing for him. And many of us today find that the things that we're supposed to be doing walk away sad. I ain't in church like I used to be. Because that thing that God asked me to do made me sad. Made me realize that's something that I can't give up. Yeah, I'm here every Sunday. I'm, I'm here in Bible study. But that's not what he really called you all to do. What is your assignment that you backed up from? That he called, that was supposed to be manifest through you. Where is it? What is it that he has called you to do? Is this you? What is, what is your riches, your time? Mm-mm. I can't go there. Can't do that. He said, okay, I blessed you with great income. I want you to up your offering. Uh-uh. Can't do that. I want you to take time out and that sister that's sitting over there, I want you to go and talk to her. Mm-mm. Can't do that. I don't know her like that. Mm-mm. And if I go and talk to her or him, then that means I may have to give up my time when I'm not here at church. She may need me at midnight. They may call me for prayer and 
I know my prayer life ain't quite right. So then I have to pray. And in order to get a breakthrough for someone else in prayer, I got to get me right. So I have to do some improvements in me to be able to serve my brother or my sister or a stranger. So that can be your great possession, such as the rich young ruler. To be ready to answer to anyone that come to you. And to be ready to discern who's sitting next to you. Can I tell if she's going through or he's going through? Do they always have to tell me what's going on? Shouldn't I be sharp enough to pick up what they're dealing with? Shouldn't I be? Believe it or not, Everybody don't have to hold a sign and say, feed me. Everybody's not hungry for natural food. There are some that need some spiritual food and guidance. And they have a sign up, but you can't read it because you're not in tune. They sit by you, or you come in and, hey, sis, hey, bro. I think everybody can tell that masquerade story. All is good, all is well, all is fine. No, it's not. I need some prayer. I need someone to talk to. I have a situation. I remember coming up in the church the church mother can see you and discern what's going on. And she'll tell, she told me, she said, meet me at my house Tuesday at 12 noon. I said, what? Come to my house at 12 noon. Just come to my house. Went to mother's house. We got on our knees. She said, you're going to come through this. You didn't have to say nothing. I know what's going on. And we prayed. When the last time that happened? When the last time you met a need like that? In the drugstore, we have allowed society to make us hush our mouth. We've met people in the drugstore or in the grocery store that you should have prayed for right then and there. But you're so afraid of what the government may say because you ain't supposed to mention God. Is this you? Could this be you? Was this you? There are so many times you know you had to happen and you picked up something and you hear about that person later and say, I knew I should have said something. I know I should have prayed with her or him. But you missed your opportunity. God called you to be an intercessor. Oh, but I can't tell him that because um, we have to come to prayer at 8 o'clock. 
can't confess I'm an intercessor because that may mean I may miss some grand openings of some movies because God will have me on my face. Can't say that God told me to pray for pastor and first lady. Um, I heard you, God. I heard you say that, but um, I promised my girlfriend I'd go to lunch. And this is what he's saying. You say, oh, God, I want more of you. I want more of you. And he said, okay. But this is what I want you to do. So do you find that you become the rich young ruler? And again, this is what you do. Walk away sad and wonder why your prayers haven't been answered. God, I prayed for this and I prayed for that. and I believed that you was going to answer me. He said, but you haven't answered me. Is this you? Could this be you? Was this you? Busy running, meeting every appointment. Pastor say, be here, I'm here. I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, but... The most important thing is all that you do is that you're calling. Is that what he called you to? Yeah, I'm the head of this auxiliary and that, but is that what he called you to? Are you just busy? Busy working in church, just busy but not busy doing what God has called you to do. God told you to go in one direction. You decide to say, hmm, no, I'm going to be Mrs. Jonah. I'm going to go in another direction. I ain't going that way. Is that what you decided? There was so much work for us to do. So much that we hear pastor them say, we need this and need that. But how many times have you gone and said to them, I know that's what you need, but this is what God has called me to do. Can I do this to build the ministry? Am I able to be released to do thus? To feed the hungry once a month. I don't want to do, I don't see a food pantry, but I have this desire to make sure that the sick and the shut-in of the ministry has been seen about. But I don't want to say that because I don't want, I don't want to be put over there. I, I, I just want to do this just one time and that's it. Is this you? I'm almost done. To 
Today's message is about self-assessment. Where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? What riches that I have that I think is greater than God? What is it? And there's not many times you can ignore God and the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost be pushing. He push. You're like, wait, wait. You're like, I couldn't sleep last night. Why, child? I don't know. Yes, you do know. Mm-hmm. You're fighting. You're fighting. Fighting the spirit. You wake up sometime during the night and the Lord said, get on your knees and you just toss and turn. You could have been asleep a long time ago, but you're too busy tossing and turning. Is this you? He said, pick up the Bible and read. I got something to tell you. I got your answer. I'm going to get to it. How many days passed and you still haven't gotten to it? Looking for an answer. Waiting for an answer. The answer is right here in the book that you won't pick up. The rich young ruler had riches, and we have riches, but in Proverbs 16 and 8, it reads that better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. In this society, we are always trying to make multiple incomes, revenues or incomes. But the Bible says, what good is all of that without righteousness? Psalms 37 and 16 says, A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. So you want to be like Bill Gates, but God can't get you to pray. What would you do with Bill Gates' riches and you can't pray <laughs> making $65,000 a year? Can he trust you? Oh, I want to be like Oprah, Tyler Perry, all these rich people, and God can, give, can get you to give an honest tithe. Mm-hmm, it's quiet. An honest tithe. 10% of your 55000 a year. But you want to be rich. And the man that knows the intents and in in the thoughts of you, you want him to give you that. When he knows, I blessed her with an extra $200. She didn't even give the 10% of that. Where's the $20? 
Oh, pastor said give an extra offering today. I don't know about that. Take them shoes back, sis. Them red bottoms. Yeah, that. If you want a pair of red bottoms and never sold the seed of a red bottom, you wrong. Oh, what? Oh, don't get quiet now. Yeah. If you're toting that bag, that, what is it called? I love it, but I don't have one. The, the Brahmin and never gave that seed in church? You wrong. Is this you? That sounds like riches to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. You go get that Mercedes Benz and pay that $700, $800 a month note. Oh, Lord, bless me. But they never gave an $80 tithe or offering. Is this you? Oh, Y'all used to love me. You may not love me after today, but it's okay. I still love you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, but Jesus made an appeal to him, and he's making an appeal to us today. They sung about manifest. How can I know who you are if you just sit there? Time after time. Manifest. What is that goal, that dream, that desire that you have written down that's still on paper? No, I don't know what to do or how to do, but have you sought God in how to do it? You write it down and God's supposed to make it poof right in front of your face and say, just walk in it. I, he did all the work. All you're supposed to do is walk. No. It's going to cost you some time. Yeah. Anything you do costs time. You don't believe me? Ask married people. When you date it, Time, after you dated, time, raising children, time, trying to reach retirement, time. What can you do that don't cost you time? Is this you? But I got good news. This is a turnaround. Things can and will get better because today we make a decision to do better, to be better, to get busy, raise your family. In the likeness of God. Stop trying to be your child's friend. Be mama. Be daddy. 
No, it won't win you popularity. But in the years to come, it's going to bless your soul. Mm-hmm. Turn it around. Let it go. Maybe your possession is that God is asking you to give up is unforgiveness. Yeah, unforgiveness can be your possession. You make it a pillow and lay down with it every night. Won't let it go. I remember what she said. I remember what he did to me. That's a possession. That you decided was more valuable than God. I remember what she said. I remember how she looked at me. I remember what they said, my mama said, my daddy said. I remember all of that. But God said, let it go and come follow me. I had sickness in my body. Now I got an attitude with God. Because he hadn't healed me yet. So I kind of slacked up on my praying. Because I didn't think he hurt me. Because I'm still dealing with this illness. You made it a possession. To snuggle up with your illness. Instead of standing firm on the word of God. That he's going to heal me. He did it before. God don't work on your time. You didn't hire God. But that's how we treat him. I want you to do this and I want you to do it now. Don't waste no time. I pray God, I believe. And within 24 hours, I'm looking for the answer. When the answer don't come, our faith decreases. Why? He's a God that answers. May not be your answer, but in time, he will answer. He will answer. And you're going to be happy about the answer because you're going to learn some things in the process of him answering I'm sure when that young ruler went away, he went away thinking about, I didn't know that about myself. I didn't know I possessed my riches so much that it's the, it means more to me than anything. So, are you saying now what it is that God wants you to do and where he's pushing you, and you keep nudging, going back, you're still saying that is more important? Should not be. Because God doesn't withhold any good thing from us. So why can't we give him the good things of our life? Why can't we use our body 
and our mind and our hands to do what can be good in the land. So today I say to you, continue to love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is one thing the, he never, he said, I did all these things, but he didn't know about this. I have to love him with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, which means my every part of being, I have to love God. I can't hold back on anything. I can't give him counterfeit love. Can't give him counterfeit love. I have to give him everything. And I find it a joy to give him everything. I find it joy. I get joy in serving God. Serve the Lord with gladness. If someone look at you, could they tell that you serve God with gladness? I remember coming up in church and I saw the young people just enjoying church and I said, I want what they got. What is that? They would be dancing before the Lord and had such a smile on their face. And I said, I want some of that. What is that? And it was the joy of the Lord. So when people see you walk in, do you walk in with joy? God bless you. How you doing? Are you walking? How you doing? Oh, it's praying for me. It's been one of them weeks again. You know? And you start rambling off the things that was wrong with your week instead of saying, I was tried this week, but I came through with victory. I gave up something that I thought I couldn't even give up this week. God gave me victory. Let me tell you about it. Here it is. Let me tell you. I had unforgiveness in my heart against somebody, and I was set free this week. God is good. When the last time you said something like that? Oh, I woke up this morning. I had so much joy. I did nothing special happened. I just had joy. Joy unspeakable. He did say he gave that to us. And full of glory. There is that place. There is that place. So I say to you today, let's not walk away with our heads down. Because we have Christ in us. Let's walk toward Christ with our hands upraised and say, God, I surrender it all to you. I'm going to do what you say for me to do. I, if, I, if there's any hesitation, God, give me the strength to push past hesitation and walk toward you. Let me walk toward you. Let me be Peter. 
Let me walk on water believing that I can overcome this. That I can become busy doing what you called me to do. Preaching the word, that's good, but that ain't all they called you to do. Mm -mm. But I need to get busy doing that that you said. Not what I want to do, but what you said. Not what's convenient for me, but that which you said. And if you do, if you do, you will find this is the greatest season of your life. This, pandemic and all, you will be a reaper in the pandemic. You will have joy. You will have your prayers answered. You will have money. He will give you your heart's desire if you do that which he have called you to do. No longer will I just occupy a seat. No longer will anybody have to ask of me to do this and that. But I would become busy. I didn't see someone in church that I would make a phone call to show them that I care. Because when you call, that means the church care because you represent the church. Or if you see someone limping, you don't say, how you doing? Can I help you? Let me help you with that. Let's get that joy back to where when we talk about who we are, it doesn't die fast. That it's so bubbling over that it cannot be contained to where we got to try to get, get you together so we can go on with the service. Not that you're sitting there watching like, oh, we normally out about this time. Oh, I got dinner plans, I got plans. Don't make church a thing of habit. It's a thing of duty. You can stand at this time. Today we decided to take a selfie of where we are, who we are, what we have become. During this pandemic, a lot of us, I'm guilty of myself, have become very placent. And now it's time to get back to work. And like many, I, I think it's wonderful you're able to work from home, but this that God wants you to do, you can't work from home. When you're out in the street, people have to know 
that you're a child of God. They should be able to spot you. I remember hearing different times when people would say, there's something different about you. I can't put my finger on it. There's something different about you. It's time for us to live that life. It's time to get back to that life. You can read your Bible 24-7. But if you don't live it, what good is it? No scripture and verse and can quote it without you are the living Bible. But if you don't live it, what good is it? What have it, what have you gained that you know what John 3.16 say? That Galatians 5 and 7 say? What good is it if you don't live it? What good is it to be called the righteousness of God and you don't live it? People see righteousness in you, but you don't have a lifestyle to match it, and you know you don't. So, I know it's not one of those joyous, foot-stomping messages, but I delivered what God told me to. Thank you for taking the time and listening to the City Church Broadcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday morning worship and every Tuesday at 7 p.m. for Tuesday night teachings. Follow us at City Church Kojic on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Download our City Church app to stay in the know and visit the City Church website at citychurchkojic.com. That's citychurchkojic.com. God bless.